you're listening to Law and Gospel on this August the 29th. It's a Monday in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and on Mondays, we take a look at readings for the following Sunday. And this week is a special kind of reading because it really appears to contradict the Bible. Really? Yes. We're going to be taking a look at Deuteronomy. But before we do that, I want to read to you from Ephesians and also from Galatians. What does Ephesians say? Ephesians indicates, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, It is a gift of God, not a result of works that no one should boast. A similar theme is found in the book of Galatians. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and to do them. Now that it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. So those are good Lutheran theological teachings that we are not saved by law. We're saved through the gospel. And yet, when we go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, which just so happens to be the Old Testament reading for this coming Sunday, let me read this beginning with verse 15. See, this is Moses writing, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandment of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away, And you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them. I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to you, to your father, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. Now, the task of a pastor 
is not only to help you understand the original languages, the Hebrew, the Greek, the Aramaic, but also to help you interpret the English. Because we have three passages. We read them from Ephesians and Galatians. Those two certainly sound like that nobody is saved by obedience to the law. And yet, in Deuteronomy 30, God says, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his way, by keeping his commandments, his statutes, and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. Now, if that doesn't appear to be an apparent contradiction of the Bible, I don't know what is. This is why it is so important that you're able to distinguish between the law and the gospel. And these three passages give an excellent example of what we mean by the distinctions between law and gospel. Because the Deuteronomy passage certainly gives the impression that you will live, you will enter into the Holy Land because of your obedience to commandments. Whereas the passages that we read from Ephesians, they give the impression that nobody can be saved by obedience to the law. So here you have someone who may be attending church and they hear these readings. How are they to discern them so they do not appear to be a contradiction of God's word? Which one is correct? That we're saved apart from the law or we're saved by obedience to the law? because those are the two options you have. Now, when you are faced with two options in the Bible, the first thing to recognize is the Bible never contradicts itself. Why is that? Because who is the author of the Bible? Now, notice I did not ask who is the writer. God used many writers. Paul in both Galatians and Ephesians, Moses in Deuteronomy. But the author behind every book of the Bible is none other than God. In fact, as the New Testament says, the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's breathed into the minds of men. That word Breathe is important because that's how Adam was created. God breathed into the dust and created a human being named Adam in those six 24-hour days of creation. And then Eve was also chosen as part of his rib. The fact of the matter is, is God is the author of everything. In fact, if you're reading a, a newspaper and there's a column 
maybe about some political issue, and somebody asks you, who's the author and who is the writer, the answer will be the same name. Because whoever wrote the column is both the author of the column and the writer. But that's not true when we come to the Bible. The author is God himself through the power of the Holy Spirit. The writers are the various prophets and apostles that he used. So that's why there cannot be a contradiction in the Bible, because God is the author of everything. But then how do you resolve apparent contradictions? Notice I use the word apparent because there are no contradictions. They just seem to be in our mind. But this seems to be a pretty clear one where Galatians and Ephesians says, no, you're not saved by obedience to the law. And Deuteronomy chapter 30 says, yeah, you are saved by obedience to the law. You live. So how do you resolve this tension? The way to resolve all tensions in the Bible is by the great Reformation principle, Scripture interprets Scripture. The reason we don't believe in evolution is because Scripture clearly states that God created the world out of nothing. Nothing was made from something else, it says in the book of Hebrews. So the whole, well, parable of evolution is ridiculous. It never happened that way. I, I've been mentioning how we have long trips in Illinois going to various congregations and preaching, and we enjoy eating in the car. And I was taking a look at a peach, which is really delicious, but it doesn't taste like a cherry or a banana. And if you hold a peach and a cherry or a banana, how did one evolve from the other? It's impossible. They're totally different. In fact, the Bible says God made everything according to its own kind, and the things that come from it are also according to their own kind. So it's, it's very clear that there is no contradiction in the Bible between evolution and creation. God created everything, and evolution is wrong. So are we going to say that Deuteronomy, where God says, I have set before you life and good, on the basis of whether you obey the commandments of the Lord your God. Is that wrong? Is that false teaching? No, it can't be. Because it's Moses writing it, inspired by the Holy Spirit, which means the author of that statement is God. So how do we resolve what appears to be an apparent contradiction? Well, we've already made the decision that we allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. 
Now, that means that you can actually take the book of Revelation to explain the book of Genesis. For, for example, in the book of Genesis, it talks about a serpent talking to Eve in the Garden of Eden. It doesn't indicate in the book of Genesis or anywhere in the Old Testament who that serpent is. How do we know it's the devil? We find that out from the book of Revelation, where it talks about that serpent was indeed Satan himself. That's how Scripture interprets Scripture. Sometimes you can go to the immediate context and understand how what appears to be a contradiction is not really a contradiction. And we're going to do that in Deuteronomy 30. You see, I began reading where the text begins in verse 15. I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Now, that's really important, the way the original Hebrew talks about this. It doesn't say that you have a choice between death and life, good and evil, it says, I have set before you today these two options. And the one option, it appears to say, is by obeying the commandments. Whereas passages that we read from the New Testament says that nobody is saved by obeying the commandments. So the critical point is, what is God mean that I have set before you? Well, this is chapter 30 of Deuteronomy. And the reading begins with verse 15. But we want to back it up. It says in verse 5, And the Lord your God will bring you into the land that your fathers possessed, that you may possess it. And he will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. Now, notice what this is saying. It's not that you or Israel travel to the land of Canaan and possess the land. No, the subject of the sentence is, the Lord your God will bring you into the land. This is very important to understand that it is God who is the subject of these sentences. And therefore, verse 6 is very helpful for us. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that, okay, so this circumcision has a purpose, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, that you may live. Now, what does this mean? What does it mean that he will circumcise your heart? 
See, circumcision was an action given to Abraham to remind him that he was a child of God. But as the Bible clearly teaches, the new circumcision is baptism. And so you really need to examine what is baptism. And that's, of course, told very clearly in Romans 6. It's also told at the Pentecost. Remember, the people come to realize that they have killed their Savior. They've crucified the Messiah. What shall we do, they ask. And Peter is giving the sermon. He responds to them, not what they shall do, but what shall be done to them. He says, be baptized. That's a passive. That's not something you do. It's something that's done to you. And in that baptism, which we consider to be a sacrament of God, the holy way of distributing the benefits of the cross of Christ to his people, God does two things according to Peter. When you are baptized, you will first receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and second of all, you will receive the gift of the forgiveness of sins. Notice that it is God who is doing the circumcision of your heart and the heart of your offspring, which means your children, infants. And why does he do this circumcision of the heart, which is holy baptism? So that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and you may live. And verse 8, now this is Deuteronomy. It says in Deuteronomy 30, verse 8, And you shall again obey the voice of the Lord and keep all his commandments that I command you today. What does that mean again? When was there ever a time that human beings ever obeyed the commandments of God to then obey them again. Well, did you forget about the Garden of Eden? Adam and Eve obeyed the commandments of God until they're fallen to sin, when they disobeyed God and allowed Satan to become their idol. But because of this wonderful relationship they had with God prior to their fall into sin, they were obeying the commandments of God. They did that not because they were forced to do that, because they wanted to do that. And see, this is the big difference between Deuteronomy 30 and Ephesians and Galatians. The difference is that Ephesians and Galatians is not talking about normal, sinful human beings. It's talking about those who have been saved by the blood of Christ and have been justified by God's grace and his mercy. 
they are declared to be righteous in God's sight because their sins have been forgiven. And what does that mean? It means that you are no no longer held accountable for your sins because Jesus, your Redeemer, was held accountable on the cross. For him able to be saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. So when Deuteronomy 30, verse 15 says, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. That's because God circumcises your heart through the gift of holy baptism. It is a sacrament. Jesus won all these blessings and benefits for you on the cross. But how do you get accord with those benefits and blessings? It's through the means of grace, which is word and sacraments. And remember the second sacrament, namely the Lord's Supper. So when God says in Deuteronomy 30, verse 15, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, it kind of reminds us of Matthew 25, the parable of the sheep and the goats. This is the day of judgment. And Jesus says to the sheep, enter into my kingdom, inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because you did all these wonderful good works. And the sheep can't remember when they did them. That's because they were moved spontaneously by the Holy Spirit to obey the commandments. Christians obey the commandments not because we're instructed to do so, not because it's a demand from God, but because we love Jesus so much that when we hear what his will is, we spontaneously want to obey it because the word is very near you. Verse 14, which is the verse right before verse 15 of Deuteronomy 30, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. What is in your mouth? The confession of faith. You believe in Jesus Christ as your redeemer. That's called faith. You are not saved because you're doing good works. You're saved because of the faith that God has put in your mouth and in your heart through being recircumcised in the waters of baptism or by hearing the word of God, specifically the gospel, throughout the many verses of the New Testament. And when you have that faith, then you are enabled to obey the commandments of God, not because you're commanded to do so, but because you want to do so. 
In other words, keep this in mind. Christians do obey the commandments of God, but they are never done to earn salvation. They are always done because you have already received salvation. It's kind of like a child. How does a child become a child of the parents? Not by doing good works, not by cleaning the room or doing the dishes or taking out the garbage or washing the car. No, none of those make the child the child. They're the child because they're begotten or adopted by the parents. Well, God begotten his only son, Jesus Christ, but he adopted you. And when he adopted you, you received the gift of the Holy Spirit in order to do these good works because it is God who has set before you in your very mouth and in your heart the desire to do the good works, not because you're commanded to do them, but because you want to do them because of your love for what Jesus Christ did for you. So we're talking about sanctification in Deuteronomy 30, not justification. And that is a huge theological distinction to keep in mind. I'm Tom Baker. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we're going to look at a hymn with Mark Smith dealing with this subject of the distinctions between law and gospel. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.